looking for a night out on the town. You just found me. I'm a $65 million circus tragedy. I'm not rolling, baby, rolling in the green, but I'm unique. A freak. I'm the new Coney Island and all the rides are open and free. This is episode 283 for February 2014. I got a crew of party animal mutants. Hey, Carl welcome to our February edition. Before I introduce the panel, I need to do a little housekeeping. Uh, Kevin, Don, Bertoni, and Chris have decided to leave the show and the website. And uh, I just want to personally thank them for everything they've done uh, over the years with this show, etc. And I wish them nothing but the best in their next project. So the show must go on. So let me introduce who I've got the panel for February. We've got Jr. What's going on, Jr.? Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> Aren't we all? How are you doing, buddy? Uh, well, I'm I'm the guest who won't leave. <laughs> well, it's the month of love, Jr. Got anything planned? Uh, well, um, as long as I, as long as my wife and I don't kill each other, I think it, that it's going to be a pretty good February. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, as I said earlier, the show must go on. So, here's what we're going to do. We've got George. Welcome, George, buddy. Uh, thank Welcome you. To the show. Thank you very much, and uh, I'm glad to uh, finally be on on one of these podcasts. Uh, it's something new for me. I'm not uh, at all familiar <laughs> with that. But, uh, but thank you. I mean, I, you needed you needed a hottie, and I think I I filled that 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 quota now. Well, you know. Me and Jr. I'm watching. Well, I I, I bring the sexy Brad. When I when I thought, who else am I going to fill out this panel with? One person has always come to mind that I've missed over the years, and he instantly said, "Hell yeah, I'll do it." Mr. Michael Bailey's back. Bailey, welcome back, sir. I appreciate it. No, I'm, I, I make a joke about you filling me out, but that seems like inappropriate <laughs> at this point. No, it's great. No, it's it's really exciting. This was <laughs> this was an interesting experience. Uh, Picking up yeah. Spider Man after like not reading the book for two years. So when was the last time you read Spider Man? Uh, when you left, I think the probably. one that 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 caused me to leave was that god awful issue where Aunt May laid like this huge guilt trip on Peter for that not being down. there for you know because uh, Betty got attacked. Oh God! Yeah, she wasn't there, and she's just like, "I needed you that night because you know you're a 16 year old kid, and I was an old woman and an adult." But you know, <laughs> screw you, being a teenager, I needed you. So that's funny. That's about as pithy so, as I'm going to get. By the way, probably I, 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 three years, I would guess. Yeah, Has it's, that been? it's been about that long, yeah. Yeah, but uh, being the good podcaster you are and the good friend you are, you've picked up and read Superior Spider-Man to catch up, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, I'm not all the way back. I, I managed to find uh, 23 through 26 at the comic shop right. this week, so I picked those up and, and, and read through them. And you know, all, all, all things being equal, I rather enjoyed what I saw. There you go. I, uh, well, I similarly had to go back, except I went back and got uh, everything that was Superior all the way back to when it started. Right. And uh, and it's, you just got to be better than me. <laughs> well, no, I didn't say that. I'm just saying I I'm actually going to say something positive in that I, this has been the strongest writing that slots turned in on the title. Look at you go, and both of you guys. I mean, picking it up uh, and reading it in in one big uh, group effort. So I appreciate that from both. Of you. I feel oh, like I'll be breaking out into like you know, let's do the time warp with Mister Bailey back. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I've 
miss our monthly talks with Mr. Bailey. I think the listeners have too. Not that you don't do enough podcasting, but you haven't talked about Spider-Man in a long time. Yeah, it's it's funny because, you know, another show that was kind of dormant for the longest time called Tales of the JSA is coming back. I'm still doing FCTC. I'm still doing views. And now I'm back on the crawl space. And I'm like, is it 2010 again? (laughs) Because, God, it feels like 2010. (laughs) Hey, hey, Bailey. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, just because I was so excited because you came back. I'm wearing my Superman boxers uh, in, oh, in your honor, no. and I got to tell you, this this man is feeling steely. Oh, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Although I must confess that uh, you know, Mr. Bailey's return does kind of fill me with a certain amount of anxiety. Uh, Why is that? Well, you know, because yeah, Mr. Bailey, for some strange reason, talks like he has some sense. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to ba- I'm here to balance that out, Jr. I was about to say, you know, George and I are just a couple of old lunatics, you know, and yeah. you know, and Brad's from Missouri, so you oh, know, stop. <laughs> yeah. that's hysterical. I believe that's you know. Uh, uh, we're, sir. Speaking of the new blood that we're getting into the site, I want to uh, talk a bit about our new review staff. And I put up on the front page, I'm looking for a lot of reviewers, and I'd like your help to help update the site, etc. And we had an outpouring of emails. George, you and I went through them, oh, and just a lot of good submissions, but it was uh, we narrowed it down. I want to announce them real quick. Uh, Michael, Mc, uh, Michael is not Bailey. Uh, Michael still a nerd, who you've seen on our, our uh, boards, etc. And Andrew are going to be reviewing Superior Spider-Man slash Amazing Spider-Man on the front page. Uh, Ryan Reed, who's been doing uh, reviews of uh, Superior video style, he'll be updating the front page. Uh, John is going to be reviewing I don't want to give away their last names in case they didn't want me to put that out there so I'll just say their first names John is going to be reviewing Superior uh, Spider-Man Team-Up Adam is going to be reviewing Ultimate Spider-Man slash Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man Ethan is going to be finishing up Cataclysm and he'll do front page text reviews of Ultimate Spider-Man cartoons and when the Ultimate Team comes back and they've got uh, Cloak and Dagger and uh, Spider-Woman, who's now going to be Black Widow, uh, and Miles Morales. He'll be reviewing that. And, and he ha- also has the awful task of reviewing Marvel Knights Spider-Man. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, Evan is going to be reviewing uh, New Warriors when Kane returns on the front page. George, yes, this George who you hear on the show, is going to be reviewing Superior Foes of Spider-Man, one of the best damn books out there. And also, when Venom goes into Guardians of the Galaxy, he'll review that. And Jeff is going to be reviewing uh, various Spider-Man minis, like the Inhumanity Spider-Man that just came out. Sean is going to review Thunderbolts with Venom. And our buddy Eddie uh, is uh, the cartoonist slash writer who you see every Sunday who does the Collector's uh, comic strip, which is a great, great strip. So, that's a little bit of the housekeeping. Let's move on to the iTunes reviews that we received over the past month. We've got two of them. Uh, Zilla1030 says, Amazing, spectacular, slash superior podcast. Five out of five stars. I only listen to two podcasts regularly. One on monster movies, and then the crawl space. (laughs) (laughs) Hence the name Zilla, I'm guessing. And boy, let me tell you, the crawl space is as good as it gets. The cast is funny and knows everything you would want to know and some things you wouldn't want to know about our favorite web slinger. <laughs> it's always a good time listening to Brad, Jr. and the gang. One question for the cast, though. Do you feel Spider-Man was cheated out of a part in the Marvel Godzilla comic series? He was only seen in a brief cameo and at the tail end of that series. G- George, you read that, didn't you? I did read that. And, and I put some images on the front page recently. You did. And, and as, a, yeah. as a Spider-Man fan, uh, back when that was happening, because it happened when we were little kids. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't really miss Spider-Man all that much. I mean, Spider-Man had his own stuff going on. And, you know, um, back then the Avengers were, I mean, they were the big team, but they weren't like as superstar-y as they are today. Yeah. Um, so it was cool for them to have something to focus on. It, it was cool because it gave you something else to care about that Spider-Man didn't have to be part of. <laughs> you know, did either uh, Michael or Jr. read that Godzilla series back in the seventies? No, no. Michael, did you? Uh, 
I wasn't reading till like the eighties. So no, sorry, that's a cheap joke. No, I, I you know, I, it, it's funny that you say that because I, I yeah. know somebody who's my age that loved that comic when they were kids, and I just, I have never been a fan of Godzilla. Uh, yeah. Just not my thing. So, uh, but I am glad that there is a, sh- a uh, I almost called it a showcase presents. That's DC and essential. <laughs> Uh, Godzilla out there, so there is in there. That's that's cool, and it's a licensed comic, so it's neat to have an essential. Did they had the Shogun Warriors in there too, fighting Godzilla at one point? Mm-hmm. Shogun Warriors were in the early Avengers books too. Yeah, they? dude, it was all tied in together. Two hundred something. Yeah, you had Shogun that's Warriors crazy. and Godzilla and Avengers. It got crazy there for a while. We're all yeah. lucky to be alive, and, Brad. And Dum Dum the, Dugan fighting Godzilla. I yeah. mean, how badass is that? And then, remember Spider-Man in the symbiote suit fighting the Transformers? I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Transformers 3. Which, which by that, the way, is reduced to three pages of text in the IDW trade paperback <laughs> of the Transformers series because they can't show Spider-Man. Oh, that's, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Zilla, for that nice iTunes review. We have one more from King Ferguson. Uh, and his subject title is, this is where the title goes. <laughs> Uh, five out of five stars. There are quite a few podcasts that I listen to. When I start a new one, I listen to it until the end. Unless a crawl space one pops up, then the rest go on the back burner. Thanks for feeding my Spider-Man addiction. So thank you, Mr. King. I appreciate that. If you'd like to leave us an iTunes review, uh, I will read it on the air like we're doing right now. We've got about uh, 91, 59 reviews and 91 ratings. So... I would love to hit the triple digits, so help me do that. Uh, all right, let's do. We're going to tackle news now, and Michael, let's start with you, if that's cool. Oh, that's fine. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Spider-Man is going to have a new digital series. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, uh, I'm going to give you a choice in this, uh, you know, because okay. there is a press release here, and I can okay. read this as an obnoxious morning DJ or as a <laughs> 40s newsreel narrator. Uh, I I like obnoxious generally when I'm podcasting. So what do you guys say? I say I say newsreel. I like newsreels. Okay, Jr. You're the deciding vote. How does Bailey read this? Uh, uh, like like an obnoxious newscaster. All right, there you go. Kind of like somebody <laughs> from uh, Joplin, Missouri. Oh, stop. <laughs> And and you know what, Brad? He takes a poke at you, but it's okay because he didn't go for the newsreel thing because he remembers them from when he was a kid. Oh, and George has got my back. Nice. (laughs) Wait a minute. I wasn't a kid. I was was at least in my 20s then. (laughs) Bailey, you decide. Who do you want to be? No, no, no. no, You guys guys have spoken. Okay. uh, Maybe I'll do a variant at some point, but... uh, Oh, anyway, <laughs> we've got racks and racks of the best on wax. Gear up for a Spider-Man epic unlike any other. An amazing Spider-Man. Who am I? The latest game-changing infinite comic hitting digital devices this April. Following hits like Wolverine, Japan's most wanted, Iron Man, <laughs> Fatal Frontier, and the recent Deadpool the Gauntlet. Amazing Spider-Man, Who Am I, is designed specifically for mobile devices and fully embraces the technological opportunities, representing the latest form of comic book storytelling using tablets and smartphones as a new canvas. Each new Marvel Infinite comic continues to take advantage of modern technology while staying true to the medium's greatest strengths. So it just looks like they're they're, they're kind of following... I mean, not yeah. so much following in DC's footsteps with the uh, various digital series they have, but it, it just seems like, you know, it's kind of cool to think of a of a Spider-Man digital-only book, uh, mm-hmm. especially since a lot of people, and you know, even you know, even I'm thinking of getting a tablet this year. So, right, uh, I like this kind of thing. Do is it Smallville a, a digital only series or are they release them in print also? Is Smallville one of them? What does DC do? Smallville is okay. digital first, and then okay. at the end of the month they put about three of those together into a print book. They do that with the Adventures of Superman. They had a Batman one called Legends of the Dark Knight, right. but that has kind of gone by the wayside, probably to make way for Eternal which is the mm. weekly series that's starting soon. But, you know, I, I think this is them kind of dipping their toe into it, uh, into yeah. that, you know, digital medium. I, I'm kind of wondering why 
and, and this isn't really, you know, a shot against him because, uh, you know, I really don't do that anymore. Why, why have Dan Slott do it since he's writing the main book? Why not have this be kind of a showcase for other writers mm, yeah. to kind of have their crack at a Spider-Man story that's outside of continuity so they don't have to worry about what's going on in the main books? Right. Well, he's also it's it's kind of like what Christos Gage is doing with Slot now, helping him out because in the press release it says blockbuster writer Dan Slot. You like that? And uh, joins red hot writer jo- uh, Joshua Fialkov. Fialkov from Ultimate Comics Ultimates. Jr. and George love that when I say that. Mm. Um, anyway, so. I guess what it, it doesn't say in the press release how much it's going to be. How much are they at, on DC? Uh, are they three ninety nine? Ninety nine cents a ninety nine cents a, a a short, basically. Oh yeah. Well, ninety nine cents isn't that bad, but I don't think it's going to be ninety nine cents. I bet you it'll be three ninety nine. Uh, Mr. Bailey, would you pick that up? Um, if I had a tablet, yes. I have an iPhone yeah. three, which is about as useful for reading comics <laughs> as you would imagine an iPhone three would be. Yeah, George, you have a tablet. Are you going to buy this? Hell no. <laughs> Why? I do have a tablet because I use my tablet for other things like reading books or, or uh, you know, like when I first thing I do when I wake up in the morning before I even get out of bed, I um, you know I hit the Facebooks. I right. hit the uh, hit the interwebs looking for uh, for crucial news, and then I surf my porn. I mean, I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't read comics. <laughs> and you're not paying for porn or Spider-Man comics. I tell you, damn what. Skippy. <laughs> Except when I go to the comic book store, I actually have a pull list for the right. first time, and I don't know. I, I went know. into the to the store to set up my pull list, and Neil, the guy that owns the store, looked like he was. I think he wanted to cry. He was like, you know. <laughs> I told my children this day would come, and I was like, let's not make a big thing about it. I'm only going to put like three things on there. What did you put on? Well, Superior, Spider-Man, probably, <laughs> well, yeah. Mighty Avengers, Superior, and um, uh, Guardi- Guardians of the Galaxies. Uh, of the Galaxies, what am I? Guardian of the Galaxies, yeah, Superior Foes, Guardian of the Galaxies. Oh, and actually, no, four, the main spider title. Right. But then, you know, it doesn't look like I'll be doing Mighty Avengers anymore. So No, it looks like he's done. So it's back down one. to three. So I said, yeah, let's not get too excited. I, I'm not coming in here with a, with a list, you know, as long as my arm. I've got like a few things, and probably it's going to get whittled down. He was like, oh, it's a so, start. Bailey's not buying it. Uh, George isn't buying it. I'm not buying it. I don't, uh, I don't own a tablet. Uh, Jr. I probably know your answer. You do. <laughs> uh, who buys this this kind of stuff? By the way, hipsters. Uh, probably not for, for old guys like us. Digital uh, hipsters. No, because I, the the digital audience is growing. I I was yeah, talking I with a shop owner at DragonCon last year who was on one of the panels that I went to. And he was t- he was telling me about how people come in and they start with the trades, and then that gets them buying the individual issues, and that actually gets some of them also to be buying the digital comics through him. So instead of going to like Comicsology or any of the other sites that they can go to, that you can buy it directly through your comic shop. And he says the business on that is growing exponentially. That's good. So uh, we've said it in the past, I, I, I pretty much think it's true about how iTunes, etc., Comixology is the new newsstand. You know? That's what magazines are doing. I still like a book in my hands. I guess we're old. Yeah. I guess. How, how does that work, buying it from your local comic shop? I mean, why, if you had the option, guess, why wouldn't you just download the Comixology app and buy it from there? The, I mean, because then the comic shop owner gets a cut of that uh, instead of you know, going through Comixology, that basically you buy the code from them, you go to the site, you access it, and you can download it to your device. Oh, I see. So you buy the code from the you buy the code from the comic shop owner. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Remember the time uh, when the only way you could get a comic book was going into a store? Pepperidge Farm <laughs> remembers. No. In, in all honesty, uh, and, yeah. and this isn't just me, like. You know, hey, I'm discovering tablets and what awesome new technology they are, because obviously it's been around a lot longer and I'm usually the last one to jump on any kind of technological bandwagon. But the more I think about it, the more the idea of reading comics on a tablet 
appeals to me basically because then I don't have to one the shop I go to great shop but sometimes they run out of books and with comicsology you don't have that problem and a lot of the times comic comicsology runs 99 cent sales so you can pick up a bunch of books from a particular character or whatever pretty cheap then you can sample it and looking at the you know playing with the the reader and everything it's actually kind of cool. You know, they, they pop up, you know, you can go, you can either read it like a page or you go into the enhanced storytelling where it pops to the panel that you want. And it really makes the art stand out and you can really go through a story. Not quick as in, wow, it's over. And now I'm going to go eat a sandwich or something. It's just, it makes reading comics really enjoyable, accessible and fun. Whereas, you know, not having to track down, like if I could, if I had a tablet, I wouldn't have bought the four issues of Superior Spider-Man that I did from the comic shop. I would have gotten them from Comicsology and just blazed through them like that. Right. So, and and it also eliminates a problem that we all have, which is the multiplying of long boxes. <laughs> They're like tribbles, Jr. <laughs> They're everywhere. Yes, indeed. Oh my goodness, uh, Michael! You've also got this other one. Um, this is a big comic news about Amazing Spider-Man's coming back with multiple variants. Uh, take me over that one. What's what's happening? Well, I know we're all shocked that a new number one is coming out <laughs> with variants, and uh, it, you know, in what is this? April. Um, let me pull it up. It comes out. Um, well, I don't really, know when it comes really, out. Sorry, I was thrown off because I thought there were release dates on these things, but apparently. Oh, on the. I guess not. I, yes, uh, April. In April, we get the last issue of Superior Spider-Man, where at the end of an era, uh, a tale of triumph and tragedy, the Green Goblin unmasked, blah 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 blah. But that leads into Amazing Spider-Man number one. Now. Right. Here is where I could make the pithy joke that, hey, wow, Peter Parker's returning as Spider-Man just in time for the new movie, like everyone probably said it was going to. And that's an easy joke to make, so I'm going to go ahead and make it. Uh, <laughs> but no, in, in all honesty, that's that makes perfect sense, because, uh, you know, what actually turned me around when you asked me to come back to the show and made me think, wow, this might be something cool to do, is because I have a couple of friends who had not been reading Spider-Man for a really long time, loved the character, but for whatever reason, whatever writer, whatever, dropped the book, they had picked up Superior Number 1, really liked what they saw, and they didn't see it as you know a status quo change, they didn't see it as... Dan Slott trying to ruin the character, what they saw it as is, was, this is a story. He is telling, right. you know, you know, this is what happens when Otto wins for a short period of time under no illusions that it was going to be permanent. So, and they said, they both said pretty much the same thing. I'm really enjoying the book. So, we all knew this was going to wrap up. I mean, yeah. We knew there was an ending, even though Mr. Slot said no. But Well, of know. course, that's what he's going to say, but... Exactly. You know, I, I think, you know, the, the four of us especially have been around the block a few times with comic books, and we know that, the, you know, it, it, it's like them saying that Jean-Paul Valli was going to be Batman forever and ever, amen, <laughs> and he was gone within wait, a year. Wait, 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 you mean he's not anymore? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's that? like, you know, Superman is back, but which of them is the real Superman? And you had four of them running around for about six months. Yeah. And that's kind of cool because what it does is kind of talks about who Spider-Man is as a hero and why only one person can be that hero. You know, Otto has his own plans and such, and I can't really speak too much to it because I've only read four issues and they're the you know the four most recent issues. But right. but I think it also goes to the heart of who Spider-Man is and who P and why Peter being the hero is so important. So a new Amazing Spider-Man number one with 16 variant covers 
I'm actually kind of interested in the Ed McGinnis one because I really like Ed McGinnis. And I, the, the one I'm least interested in, oddly enough, is the Alex Ross one because I'm just, Oh, God, I love that one. Why do you hate that? I don't hate it. I'm just tired yeah. of Alex Ross. Oh, God, uh, yes. Thank you. Oh, Lord, me. yes. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite of all of them. My least favorite is Umberto's. I love Umberto. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Brad's flipping the screen off right now. <laughs> um, let's talk a little. We can open it up a little bit to the other two. What do you What do you think about? Uh, well, one, it's a six dollar price tag on both these books. Oh, of course, it is. Super, Superior Thirty One and Amazing Number One. Um, they got to finish getting in the last of those, uh, you know, stories from the you know filed away in the drawer <laughs> that Wacker's not going to need anymore. Did, uh, Jr. Does it kind of make you sad that we're getting another number one in our lifetime? <laughs> I mean, I, I've gone through. This will be my second. You know, there's a lot of things that I'm sad about. Yeah, a lot of things that make me cry. A lot of things that make me ponder why is life so unfair. Uh, the existence of a new Amazing Spider-Man is not one of them. <laughs> Although, uh, although I must admit, it's annoying. It's annoying. The Ramos though, cover frightens me, though. You know, <laughs> be, because the face he's got on—it's like he's, you know, webby, you know, swinging around, going, "I'm feel pretty, oh, so pretty," <laughs> and you know, whatever. So looks, looks like you've been sniffing glue. <laughs> the the numbering thing, I, I understand why they do a number one. They'll sell more issues of number one as opposed to seven oh one. But it, it's it's a, it's a bit of an annoyance factor for us longtime fans. You agree, gang? Well, it is, but we don't count anymore. We yeah. don't matter. Anymore. <laughs> they don't care what we think, dude. Bailey, what do you think? It, it's, it's annoying to us long timers. What do you think? A little bit, but I, I'm just. <laughs> it's basically like you know, you either play the game or you don't, and the game has gone to this. And you know, exactly. you you can talk about snotty comments from editorial. And all that, but the fact of the matter is, is that the landscape of the comic book industry is in this perpetual trying to keep up. Essentially, both DC and Marvel are are, are doing this, where it's not like it was in the '80s and '90s, where it seemed like it was going to go on forever. I think everyone's kind of scared that any minute now the entire industry is just going to collapse, the shops yeah. are going to close, and you know. Basically, now we we don't have comic books. We just have a bunch of intellectual properties. We just have movies that make one point five billion dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh gosh, gosh how we get by? <laughs> and to be fair, more people saw Avengers as a film mm -hmm. than have read Avengers in the past ten years. I'd say farther back than that. I, I I'd say fifty years. So. <laughs> So when you, yeah. like, when you have that, you have to constantly try to make it seem new and relevant to catch people's attentions, and number ones do that. I'm not saying yeah. it's right. I'm not saying I like it. But, well, I understand. But I've just, <laughs> I've just come to accept it as this is how things work now. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to movie news. Uh, George, you're all over this like a cheap suit. I have to um, <laughs> We we recently had a new trailer. Talk a bit about that. Um, yeah, the, 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 we got a teaser for the Super Bowl spot. A teaser for the Super Bowl. <laughs> we got yeah. a forty second teaser for Jr. and uh, Michael. Did you watch this? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I I was uh, first of all, and, and uh, people are asking me this more and more now. Is like, well, what did you think of the movie? Because I didn't remember it, Brad. I didn't see it when it came out. Right. You you waited until Blu-ray or whatever. Well, I wasn't going to see it. I was like, yeah. no, I, I don't need that. I don't need the origin again. I look at uh, Andrew Garfield. I see Plastic Man, not Spider Man, because because <laughs> of the neck. Um, but you know, I, I finally did see it on Blu-ray. I I didn't like it. I knew I wouldn't. Um, I, but I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. Um, but the first trailer we got for this for this new movie. I was underwhelmed. I didn't like the way the rhino looked, especially on that godforsaken poster where he's on all fours. I was like, oh, what is this? I don't like the electro redesign. I don't like that Harry is apparently going to be the Green Goblin before Norman is. I don't like any of this crap. But 
I will say this: the new the new trailer I saw because at one point you see the rhino standing up on two legs, and I was like, that looks better. I like yeah. that. That actually looks better. Um, Electro was annoying, but then we see Harry. Did you see that screenshot I put up there, Brad? Yeah, it looks really cool. Harry, he isn't he isn't wearing a mask. He's not wearing a mask, and his face looks all jacked. Yeah, you know, and and he's got like claw fingernails. <laughs> I mean, you know, right. so there's going to be some crazy stuff going on there. At the end of the day, even though I don't like a lot of what's going on, it looks like it will at least have a lot more action and a lot more stuff going on. So I'm starting to warm to it on that level. Plus, if we can get Gwen dead, oh, I'll, uh, you know, by the end of it, I'll, 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 I'll stand up and cheer. Well, that last scene of that trailer, she's falling through some glass, and he's grabbing onto her. It looks like. She, Maybe her death scene. I don't know. We can only hope. They got to throw the blonde off the bridge. No, I mean, and, and that's not you know. Yeah, she has to die. I'm sorry. She was you know. She's got I to. Know. I, I like Emma Stone. I think Emma Stone's Emma, done a fine job. Even Emma Stone's like, we got to be true to the character. I got to die. But Wednesday's I mean, got to die. She got to die. Uh, also, some uh, other movie news. Uh, you guys can hop in whenever you want if you want to talk about stuff too. Um, what is it? A- Avi Arad Avi said Arad. that he does uh, that, that too. Uh, he says he doesn't want Spider-Man mingling with the Avengers. What do you think of that? Well, yeah, he he's the producer of a lot of Marvel he, movies. Said, he, said uh, yeah, he and uh, Matt. Uh, oh, what's that guy's name? Matt Tomac. Tomac. I guess, I guess that's how you say it. Um, that sounds like a Star Trek next generation. Yeah, it does. Right, or or some kind of Tomac and Tomas, like a, like a Central American Indian tribe. Yeah, you know? <laughs> uh, but uh, they both said, "Hey, we don't want this. Uh, what's in it for us?" Basically, and I'm like, "Oh, you mean the fact that they spent as much money as you did and got double the return? You're right. What they don't they don't have the slightest clue what's going on." But at the same time, I'm kind of with Av because I don't want them to bring this Spider-Man over to that Avengers. I would rather Spider-Man go through this or whatever it is. Maybe Disney can get their hands on it at some point. Maybe after Amy Pascal's dead. Because she did say she'd never let go, you know, from her cold, dead hands, you know, would she let go of Spider-Man? But, you know, God forbid we can actually get it back over to Marvel and let Marvel take it over. I mean, I think I would like it a lot more than what the hell Sony's doing. Right. What do you guys think? I think think the question that Avi was answering was, uh, Avi, do you want them to take your job away? Well, well, I know. I think that would be a terrible (laughs) idea. Basically, yeah. Because Disney, That's true. if Disney would assign their own production crew, they would they would get all the people working on all you know the movies that you know that have been you know going through with the Iron Man and Cap and Thor and Avengers and you know the Guardians uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, they would want their people working on it, and I you know it really seemed because at one point it seemed like Avi was like involved in every single Marvel movie ever. And his involvement, you know, because you saw him on every, like, special feature of every DVD yeah. that was released. And starting with Iron Man, that went away. Mm-hmm. And suddenly there's this giant Marvel movie out there that he's not involved with. And slowly, the, I was surprised when I started seeing stuff from the production photos that he was still involved. I was like, oh, he's still in this? I mean, what, yeah. what does he really have to do with Marvel anymore? And apparently, not much, but he's still producing these films. He, did, he doesn't have anything to do with Marvel anymore. Is he involved with the... Uh, we know Spider-Man. Is he with the uh, X-Men stuff, too, That that's farmed out? That's pretty much Laura Shuler Donner and her yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. working on that. Okay. But no, A.V. used to be the, uh, the <laughs> chief uh, creative officer, though, or whatever Quesada is now. That's right. what Av was, um, and oh, I didn't know yeah, that. and then when he left, you know, of course he's not going to be part of Marvel movies anymore. So you know, he, but the, here he is, uh, but he's still dealing with Sony, and so that's why he's still attached to the Spider-Man. I wonder, I wonder if it would be a benefit for both companies to share the character in a, in an Avengers movie. Uh, it it would. I mean, I. I don't. I don't know how you can make it, the Avengers even more successful than it was than it already is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Avengers doesn't need Spider-Man. But one basically. way to do it would be to put Spider-Man in it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it would, actually, Maybe, Spider-Man would benefit more than the Avengers would. I'll put it that way. Yeah. At this point. At this point, yes, I would agree. I would agree. Jr. Any thoughts on that? I'd. I'd like to see it a Spidey Avengers. I don't think you know. I mean, I I don't think it really works. I don't think. Uh, yeah. I think the whole. I you know, in 
I mean, in comic books, we accept one kind of, you know, logic. But movies, I, I kind of like the idea of Spider-Man being the only superhero in his particular movie universe. Yeah. Um, you know, in fact, I sometimes wish the comics would almost go back to that. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, as yeah. we'll kind of as I'll kind of allude to that a little bit later when we do, we do reviews. But uh, no, I, I like them. I like the movie Spider-Man being the uh, the only superhero there is. It'll be a long time before Marvel gets those Spider-Man rights back. You, seriously, you know what would work and what it would would nullify the need for them to incorporate all these characters, you know, and make them do this. At least refer to them. Remember in the in the Spider-Man movie? Uh, yeah. So, remember Spider-Man Two? They were trying to figure out what to call Doctor Octopus, and he was like Doctor Strange. Now that's already been used. Yeah. Little, that, little, that just little things like that. Let us know that they still exist out there. Yeah. And, and that, to be fair. We have an entire animated universe Ugh. where Spider-Man is hooked up with the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other bit of movie news, uh, they talked to the screenwriter, uh, Robert Okari. Is that how you say it, George? Uh, Robert Orksy. Or- I think it's Orksy. Orksy. Anyway, he talks about how the theme of the movies will... Uh, we must keep it all at Oscorp. That's where the villains really need to come from. And I, I, I think that's fine. Um, I, I guess. I mean, it, it, it for me, it's too narrow. It, it kind of takes yeah. away from the diversity of the villains. If, if, if all of their origin ties back into Oscorp. I mean, like the Vulture, WTF, the Vulture. Well, but they're they're dealing with animals, is what I, I'm, I'm liking. I mean, a rhino and a lizard. A, uh, well, a goblin. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, yeah. you know what I'm saying. It's, it's, but some of Spider-Man's b- best villains are animal-ish. I'm just like, you know, I, I, I liked it when it was a little bit more varied. You know, this for me, it's, it's just kind of myopic. But that's just me. I'm sure Jr. loves it. <laughs> you love that all evil comes from Norman's company, huh, Jr.? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I agree. Of course you do. Absolutely. I agree. But but I, I, I must admit, I also, again, it kind of goes back to the uh, Spider-Man being the only uh, hero. I, I mean, it, I guess in a way it's the opposite. It, the funny thing about comic books is, you know, like everybody starts having radiation accidents around the same time and getting superpowers, wow. you know. And, uh, you know, again, you know, since movies are a different medium, you're telling kind of a different story in a different way and Probably putting a little more realistic spin on it. Uh, it it makes it makes sense that they're all coming from the same genetic soup. Now, right. if they were making a dozen of these things, then yeah, that would be. Then yeah, you would have to diversify right. it. But you know, it's going to be what three and four and out. You know, they'll probably reboot right. the thing again. Exactly. So exactly. And and, and yeah. it's it's easier for the for them as a budgetary concern. If everything comes from a single organization, therefore they don't have to create a headquarters for separate organizations or right. whatever. You, everything comes from they, Oscorp. You have the Oscorp re- headquarters. Bingo. Yeah, you can reuse the sets, stuff like that. Okay, that's mainly the main news coming out of Spider-Man. Let's do off-the-beaten-track stuff. Uh, JR, you've got this one. I, I posted a thing on the front page that uh, back in the day on uh, Amazing Spider-Man 35 uh, Ditko got redrawn. Talk a little about that. Well, <laughs> you know, let, let's let why don't why don't we do something about uh, you know why don't we talk about well, you know what a surprise it was to see that Lyndon Johnson decided not to run for the Democratic nomination in 1968. <laughs> We're going back to the 60s for this one. There's a lot of spider booty in this topic. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, you know, I mean, holy cow! I, this is news. Who cares? Yeah, this is news. Who well, cares that's a rat's ass? This is how I like to start off each segment with "Who cares, Brad?" <laughs> <laughs> kiss my ass. I'm sorry that you assigned it to me, but I kiss my ass. Let's go to Jr. to talk about these covers. Suck it, Douglas. <laughs> wow. <laughs> JR's first and only topic of the <laughs> of this show, and JR already throws it back in my face. I mean, what the hell? You want me to take over what? <laughs> no, but here's the story. Oh, don't be whiny voice. Eric Larson just posted a before and after cover. You know, oh, you know, he's well, he's he, he's too good to draw Savage Dragon now. You know, or. 
Or, or he's trying to get more attention. Not enough people are reading Savage Dragon, so he's got to get more attention to himself. Say, so oh, look, look what I found. Look what I found in my attic, you know. Uh, so we've got a – apparently he dug out some old comic, Marvel comic that got published in, in Italy, in Europe. Uh, what the hell is a Lumo Ragno anyway? Probably just the Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How is that the amazing Spider-Man? I mean, there's not even near enough letters. And the end in vowels. You know, I, don't know. I mean, it looks like it's talking about a pasta, a superhero pasta. <laughs> and it did sound like a pasta dish. But anyway, apparently Steve... So anyway, you put these side by side. Steve Ditko drew the cover on the left, which was published in Italy. Jack Kirby drew the cover on the right, which was published in America. Oh, my God. God, could this have been the thing that made Steve Ditko leave because he drew a picture with Spider-Man's ass sticking right up the middle of the air, and, you know, and uh, you know, and Stan got a look of it and said, "Geez, all it's missing is just a big butt crack," you know. And, <laughs> if you if if you look at the the cover we're talking about is Amazing Spider-Man 35. Evidently, Stan didn't like Ditko's pose, which had a lot of spider butt in the air. Well, good, because it doesn't look... I agree. <laughs> I agree. It really does look pretty. Which one do you... It's a dead-on <laughs> shot of Spider-Man's ass. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's almost like you expect him, a, a web to be coming out of it, and he's like a real spider shooting webs out of his ass, you know? Oh, my oh. God. Oh. Well, after that rousing discussion, let's open it up wait to the panel. Wait a minute, wait a minute. No, here, you, oh, you're done. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, you know, Ditko just had three issues left. Could this be the final straw that made Ditko walk out? I mean, yes. real. You know, who knows why Ditko left? You know, it's like, are we going to reignite that old argument again? Surprised you didn't say that this is literally Steve Ditko telling Stan to kiss his ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, yeah, Paul Cupperford, uh, comic book writer, mainly worked at DC in the '80s. Currently, he's writing a lot of Archie stuff. Uh, posted uh, a blog entry recently where he was basically talking about how we as fans are constantly having these arguments about you know you know Stanley versus Steve Ditko, Stanley versus Jack Kirby. Bob Kane, you know, Bill Finger, that whole thing, and how, in the end, it really doesn't matter because none of us were there. None of us really know what happened, and all we're doing right now is just basically guessing and arguing based on guessing. And it can get really heated and nasty after a while, and, and I've just kind of lost all taste for that kind of thing. I just, you know, kind of want to read the stories and take them as they come. You know, why Steve Ditko left, we're never going to know. He's never going to say. Stan either doesn't know himself or probably doesn't even, you know, doesn't really remember or he doesn't even want to reveal why Steve Ditko left. It, 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 it's, it's frankly none of our business <laughs> in, in the end because... Do you really think, and this is an honest question, that Spider-Man would have leapt as much into the mainstream if John Romita Sr. had not drawn the character and made him a little more, I don't want to say attractive, I don't want to say mainstream, but when most people think of Spider-Man in the 70s, they think of the John Romita Sr. drawings that got into all of the merchandising. So... I think you can't do it without both of them. I understand. I, I, I agree with I've, that. I've, we've, we, we've talked in the past. I, I don't know if John Romita Jr. drew Amazing Fantasy 15, John Romita Sr. drew Amazing Fantasy 15 if the character would be as successful. I don't know that answer. I mean, because um, he drew Daredevil, and I, I don't think Daredevil is as popular as Spider-Man. Uh, I think Ditko's rendition of Spider-Man made him uh, catch people's eyes, etc. The visual of the costume, I, I don't, I mean, who knows what John Romita Sr.'s Spider-Man costume would look like. Ditko's co costume is a big sell, I think. 
I think you're terribly insensitive to handicapped people. Why? Because you just said, uh, you know, he did Daredevil, but then this other thing caught people's oh, eyes. Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> you're a terrible person, Brad Douglas. <laughs> wow. Good good way to really go five <laughs> miles to insult me. <laughs> I didn't see that. Anyway. Um, I told so, you <laughs> Bailey was going to talk like he had some sense. <laughs> You should have signed this one to Bailey. He wouldn't have started off with "screw you, Douglas." <laughs> no, 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 no. That was classic, and and no one I could know. have done it as well as Jr. So. I know, I know. It, everybody loves it when Jr. picks on me. I don't understand, and I don't edit it out. I don't understand that either. Uh, George, any thoughts on Spider-Man's ass before we move on? How's uh, that not on Spidey's ass. I mean, what what more can be said? But I, I I think ultimately Ditko just left because Stan wouldn't let him have Spider-Man call protesters dirty hippies. Well, I'm, if, <laughs> and while I'm kidding on that, I'm actually kind of serious. Yeah, I mean, to say. <laughs> you have to you have to wonder in this in all seriousness. Uh, he's a couple issues from going away. Yeah. Thirty eight is his last one. If if he got this back and he was like, this had to be another nail in the coffin. I would think to be an insult to be insulted. If he goes down to the newsstand and says, "Wait a minute, Jack Kirby redrew my cover." I don't think he cared about that so much as he cared about uh, Ayn Rand. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious. I mean, because yeah. when you when you, you remember that Sean Howe book, the Marvel: The Untold Story. Uh huh. When you go back and you read that, and you you there's that one time. Remember where he talks about they had you know I don't know what year it was, but they were having like a little mini comic convention, like the proto comic convention, mm-hmm. and college kids and and collectors were bringing their stuff in. And the people from Marvel were like, oh, my God, what is this? And some of them went down to see it, including Ditko. And they were like, oh, you drew this. You know, Can you sign this? And Ditko's like, why? It's just, it's just a job, dude. So, so for Ditko, I, I don't think for Ditko ego was a thing so much as being principled. Being principled, standing up for what he believed in, was more important to him than working at Marvel. Yeah. Does that make because I mean, and for him, principle was a big thing. You look, you go back and you look at that. Uh, what was that? What, what was that stuff he did? Like uh, that Rorschach based off of Bailey, Mister A. Oh, the, question. the question. The question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was. You go back. I think that's what was really important for Ditko. I don't think Ditko cared. I, I honestly, I don't think Ditko cares two shits about Spider-Man today. Yeah. I really don't. I, I think he, but for, well, he, but, he's a human. He, I, I, I would think there'd be je- a little jealousy. I mean, we're all making uh, guesses of what I, Ditko thinks. No, I, I think this you dude know? holds himself on a higher plane, and okay. and it's almost like he, it's almost but like he's he, inscrutable. If he goes to the store and he sees his costume design on every Halloween shelf, you can't not go to the store and see Spider-Man. I. I don't think I don't he cares, know. Brad. I think he thinks it was a job he did 40 years ago, and that's and, and then he cuts it off. Go, going to what Stan has said, and I and I since being on the show last, I finally got to see the Jonathan Ross uh, oh, yeah. in search of Ditko, which was a brilliant documentary. It was awesome, awesome. Uh, except when Alan Moore was talking. Yeah. And, <laughs> but you know, apparently Ditko got bent in a shape that Stan Lee. Claim, you know, said that he was the creator of Spider-Man, and it was a really human moment for Stan because there's very few, t- very few times do you see the, the the break in the "Hey there, true believers, Excelsior!" Wow. You know, Stan Lee in interviews and stuff, and I, I think George is on to something that it's the principle of the thing. It's not that he wanted money for it; he just wanted the recognition. That without him, there is no Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So I think George is actually dead on the money for that. Is that you know, Prime. you know, it, it it is, you know, A is A, you know, to, right. go, to go with his other creation. You know, right. the thing is the thing. You know, it's it's a moral act to claim, you know, to admit that I am the creator of this character because I brought him into being. 
All right, uh, let's move on to more lost Spider-Man news. There's a couple bits. Michael, you've got this one. I had you pick this one, A, because you're going to be nicer to me than JR. <laughs> and and uh, B, you're also a fan of Peter David. So tell me a bit about the Spider-Man graphic novel. They got lost, evidently. Well, you know, you, you posted a picture. I'm assuming this is from, like, Marvel Age. Marvel Age number 85 from 1990 is where it's from. And uh, it, it was a little thing about this web of fortune, which was going to be a graphic novel written by Peter David with art by Ron Friends and John Romita Sr. That's a hell of a lineup. Hell honestly. yeah. And uh, it was going to be something of a choose-your-own-adventure novel that was going to Psych. also have uh, the Punisher and the Hulk and others. And that made sense because Peter David was writing the Hulk at the time. And I, I love that you find this. Yeah. You ask Peter David about it. And his reaction <laughs> is, and I quote, Ron never finished drawing it. Dude, it was like 20 years ago. <laughs> that is a direct quote from Peter David to me in email. Yes, it was. He, he might as well have said, get a life, will you? <laughs> uh, he totally shat, he shattered me on that. I was about to say. And, and I think... <laughs> One, you could, you, you know, we laugh at it because it's kind of funny. But two, I mean, you really got to think that for a guy like Peter David, who has written yeah. so many comic books and so many novels and screenplays, I mean, this man is a multimedia bonanza in and of himself. Yeah. And he probably wrote this. It never got published. So he just kind of filed it away. Okay, this is how the business works. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. And then somebody who runs a Spider-Man website 20 years after the fact, <laughs> 23 years after the fact, as a matter of fact, you know, asks yeah. about it. It's like, I, I think that would have been my reaction to it. was like, dude, that was 20 years ago. <laughs> as if that wasn't enough, I also asked somebody else. <laughs> uh, Tom DeFalco said, I'm afraid yeah. I don't recall this project. I'll ask Ron about it when time permits. And, yeah. You know, you've, you're on pretty friendly relations with all three of these guys. So yeah. the fact that you keep getting, dude, it was 20 years ago, <laughs> I, I think says that no one remembers it. I guess not. <laughs> well, what what uh, what Brad's not saying is that when uh, when DeFalco uh, wrote him back, he also had he also had attached a picture of DeFalco flipping the middle finger to, <laughs> to Brad, and, and on it was written, "Hey, go f yourself." <laughs> And then, and then Ron Friends got back, and it was him and a picture of him and Jr. making fun of Brad. It was. It was <laughs> oh, so nice to have a new cast on the show. <laughs> you asked for this, Douglas. I, I know I did. <laughs> but you know, when you see those three names, and they're three people from Spider-Man's history that I love. I love Peter David's Spider-Man. I love Ron Frenz's Spider-Man slash Spider-Girl. And John Romina Sr. enough said. Even if it's a, a wonky choose-your-own-adventure book. And we all read those in the 80s, except for J.R. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, just the look of the pictures, it's got to be gorgeous. No, yeah, I'd have bought it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, on, uh, seriously, though, I mean, it is kind of interesting because John Romina Sr. is going to be involved. You know, now if it was like any, you know, almost any other artist except, you know, maybe Ditko himself, I would say, well, no, you know, I mean, because I like Ron Friends' stuff too, but, you know, I wouldn't have, uh, you know, it wouldn't, you know, do anything for me. You know, here's a lost Ron Friends project, but a lost John Romita Sr. project, Spider-Man project. Now, that's interesting. So and Peter David. Yeah. So, you know, in a way, and yeah, so, you know, in a way, Peter's attitude, I guess I understand it. I mean, it's, it's like, you know. Do, you know, do you want someone bringing up something, you know, an old job of yours 20 years ago? But uh, actually, I think I think it is a little more significant than just, you know, something that, you know, you know, got put in the closet and never finished. Right. All right. So uh, <laughs> our last bit of news, it's off the beaten track. I'm going to take this one because I think I'd get insulted if I gave it to anybody else. Uh, <laughs> this one uh, I posted on the front page on uh, January 26th. It's called The Naked Asian Climber Named Spider-Man. Evidently, there's a dude by the name of Lee Tong Zing, and he likes to go rock climbing in the buff, and uh, he leaves his spider suit at home, yet he's been called the Asian Spider-Man. And he recently climbed a 100-meter rock in Hunan, 
and his girlfriend evidently threatened to break up with him if he climbed the rock. So Mr. Uh, Lee is, oh, not Mr. Tong Zing is now single, I guess. So um, Mr. Tong Zing is quoted as saying, quote, I choose to climb naked to experience a more extreme feeling of the challenges posed by nature. So, Jr., when you rock climb, do you leave the pants at home? <laughs> did you ever, did you ever see that first uh, com- you know, commercial? You know what scares me. That you know what scares me. The James Earl Jones and uh, Malcolm McDowell doing this. <laughs> yeah, totes my goats. You know, yes. and, and and at the you know at the very end when Malcolm McDowell says someone is you know ex- you know uh, has you know asked for a friend request or whatever, and then James Earl Jones gives giving gives him this withering, disgusting look. That's what I'm looking like right now. Well, what scared me is when I pitched to you and there was a slight pause. Uh, so that scared me a little bit. Well, you said, uh, you, said you didn't want any F-bombs in this. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I, so I had to kind of, you know, so get a grip I didn't it. know that eliminated your whole vocabulary, JR. I'm sorry. Well, you had to stop drinking too, Brad. <laughs> oh, uh, hell, I'm just a bastard, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> Bailey, naked Spider-Man, go. <laughs> I mean, I... Hell, I, I don't like going to the bathroom naked because I'm afraid something's <laughs> going to happen to my junk. So I can't. I, I mean, at some point, as a human being, do you're like, I want to push myself to the physical limits of being a human. I want to climb that rock. But you know what else I want to do? I want to climb that rock naked. I mean, it's just. I think at that point, you're just doing it for attention. Right. Uh, George, naked spidey? Well, I, you know why his girlfriend broke up with him, because he's out there climbing stuff naked, showing every other gal his ding-dong. <laughs> oh, I thought you were about to say because she, she started going out with you. So. Oh, well, I, no, I, I like Asian chicks. <clears throat> no, but, yeah, I mean, she's, he's out there showing everybody else's junk. You know, she's, okay. she's out there, she's like, okay, first of all, he's going to find some prettier girl who's like, hey, I admire your rock climbing skills and your dong. Or two, he's going to get a bit off by a badger or a wolverine or whatever they have in China, a dragon. That'd be good. He'd get hit by a wolverine. That'd tie it all in, wouldn't and it? And lose his junk. Uh, yeah. Well, I wonder if he gets his rocks off. Oh, God. I'm just sorry. Oh, <laughs> God. Well, somebody oh. had to say it. I'd like to thank Brad for, for, for taking one for no. the team on that one. <laughs> but seriously, fellas, you ever just go outside and say, you know what, I, I'm just going to leave my clothes in the house. I'm just going to go outside naked. When does that ever happen? I had a naked period in college, you know, when I was in better shape. But I got yeah, over in high in high school that that kind of happened too. So, but you 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 streaked Bailey? No, just I don't really want to go into it. But nudity was involved. <laughs> Hell, it's more of a mystery if you just leave it like that. Oh my exactly. god! Exactly. God, wow. I hope marijuana is never legal in Missouri. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. All right. Uh, I forgot about the musical, George. This That wasn't our last topic. Damn right not, you did. We're not going to end on the rocks. Uh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go talk about the musical. You read the tell-all book about the musical, haven't you? Yes, I read Glenn Berger's uh, Song of Spidey, which is uh, yeah. Glenn, Glenn uh, Berger uh, co-wrote the book, and for you non-show folk, uh, the, the book is the part of the musical that deals with all the talky parts and the actual story. Everything where they're not singing is the book. Okay. And he wrote that with uh, with Julie Taymor. Um, so after, of course, the Spider-Man musical goes completely south, people almost die. Um, they it, it, this Jr. You would be fascinated by this, I think, because you actually saw the damn thing. Yeah, I, I intend on snatching a copy, legal or otherwise, someday. <laughs> but I, uh, I downloaded it to my Kindle, you know, or not my Kindle, yep. but my Kindle app on my iPad, and I read this thing in like a day and a half. It is a gripping page turner. Nice. And he does not lay every. Well, okay, I take that back. He kind of does lay everything at Tamor's feet. I mean, this is a giant love letter from him to Julie Tamor. Julie Tamor. This is like me getting to work with Elvis on a song. And then Elvis telling, you know, basically me saying, Elvis, we can't write this. And Elvis is like, shut up, I'll cut you. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, that kind of thing. You know, so he, he you know, he worshipped Julie Chaymore, you know, and 
Yeah. And the entire time he gushes about how creative she is. But and and this is something Bono brings up uh, in the book. Bono is like, uh, you know, he tells Glenn Berger and some of the early meetings, creative people are like boiling cauldrons, you know, underneath. And sure enough, she turns into a boiling cauldron. Anytime some her, this is her big hangup, Arachne. Okay, the the mm-hmm. spider goddess. Okay? okay, and 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 the entire reason before she did the, before she agreed to do the musical, she was like, well, I if I'm going to do it, I have to. I can't do it unless I find something that speaks to me that that lights a spark under me. So Arachne's it. She was looking through. An Ultimate Spider-Man comic where Norman makes some sort of offhand reference and, and explains the story of Arachne, you know, from Greek mythology, and then Julie Taymor picks it up and oh. runs with it. So really, it's all Bendis' fault. Number one, <laughs> number two, she locks onto it like it's radar, and she's about to fire a damn missile, and she can't think of anything else but. So at one point, she's dealing with Avi Arid, and her and Avi are fighting tooth and nail because Avi's like. You cannot have Arachne be the focus of this damn musical. Spider-Man, right. Mary Jane, the Green Goblin, we have established characters that need to be up front and center. And she was like, right. you know, hey, you know, all across the universe, Lion King, I'm Julie, I'm Julie F. and Tamor, why don't you just back off? So her and Avi used to go at it, and she was like, if I have to cut Arachne, I'll walk from this damn thing, you know, period. So, you know, and then... Bono and the Edge at one point finally come and see it, and they're like, "Dude, this second act is jacked." It's and Bono <laughs> even says it's the Arachne show. <laughs> so so Berger, wow. you know, finally starts making. You know, he's like he starts getting together changes that he thinks would fix it behind Tamor's back because Tamor, you can't talk to her. Man, and, it's too bad. Yeah, and and then he takes it to Bono and the Edge and the other producers, and they're like, "Yes, we have to do this." And everybody else involved in the production is like, "If we don't do this, this this thing is screwed." Keep in mind, they're already paying or they're already taking money from people to come in and watch the practices, all the mm-hmm. little preview shows. So, so basically, you know, they they kind of pull a coup, for lack of a better term, and say, "Well, this is what we're going to do." And then Tamor actually refers. To them reducing the role of Arachne to getting a mastectomy. Oh. She has that been out of shape about it. Hey, another funny thing. Wow. Another funny thing. Marvel objected to the sexuality in the musical. There's sex in the musical? <laughs> the musical was they said it was What? They said What? They said the musical was too sexy. JR, is there sex in this musical? What what are they talking about? Well, JR probably saw the well, one that's tame yeah. Tamor Town, yeah. I was about to say, I, uh, you know, there was, there's, well, they, there was, well, there was more sex in this musical than there's been in my marriage in the last twenty years. But, uh, <laughs> but no, they, uh, yeah, they, they were. No, there, there was. There, I, I can see though why where uh, where. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I can see where in an earlier version there probably was because even in the the new. Uh, redone version that Roberto Aguila Sacasa uh, had. You know, basically Arachne comes to Peter in a dream, and I guess Peter kind of floats up and meets her. And you know, I can see that it was probably much more explicit in an earlier version. George, do they talk about what sex they were talking about? Yeah, it's stuff between Arachne and Peter. That's way oh, okay. it's way too sexual. Oh, and weird. Uh, and so Marvel's bitching about that, and I'm reading this, and I'm like. Was anybody actually reading the comics? You've got you've got Black Cat taking you know milk baths, showing off her titties. You know you've got uh, you've got Spider Man and Black Cat breaking into motel rooms to do it. Yeah. Oh, but there's too much sexuality in this musical. And and, and I did I laughed out loud. I was like, oh my god, Marvel is is. I get what they're saying on the musical, but if, apply it equally. Right. Oh my god! Read the comics. You can't, yeah. you can't complain about the sexuality in the musical when you got Spider-Man and Black Cat breaking into hotel rooms to, to screw. Wow! I, I, I'm like you. You can't. You don't get the. You don't get the bitch. Well, I guess yeah. you do since you own the character, but you know what I mean. I'm like, what? Right. WTF? Oh, and he does go into length about uh, Aguirre Sacasa. Does he like him? Um, you get the fact that they wound up being friendly at first. No, because. They bring in Aguirre Sacasa, and Aguirre Sacasa is under the impression that they brought him in to take it over. Mm-hmm. And Glenn Berger was told, well, we're bringing this guy in to help. So when they oh, first sick. meet each other, that's 
you know, mm. they, they kind of they have a clash right there. Little mixed messages. But yeah. eventually they, they, they communicate pretty well. Even though they don't always agree with one another, they communicate and they actually wind up collaborating. And the point of that is is you know, we don't agree on everything, but we're working together to fix this, which is something that Tamor was not willing to do. Man. So it is a fascinating book. I, I, I cannot yeah. recommend it enough. It, What's the name of the book again? It is called Song of Spider Man. Okay. And it's by Glenn, you pick it up to, Glenn Burke. It's on Am- Amazon, and also you can download it digitally, too. Yeah, I, I read it uh, on my iPad, and it was, oh my gosh, it was fascinating. That's good. Okay. I like that. Okay, speaking of this musical, and, and, and i got a bone to pick with George. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, good. Bring it, Cupcake. So, a couple weeks ago, <laughs> George is doing this Friday Night Fights, whatever thing, with the Green Goblin, and or, 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 or with Swarm, excuse me. Yes, and he posts this video on Facebook uh, from the David Letterman show of the Green Goblin doing one of the the numbers from the Spider-Man musical, and I had kind of sworn to myself, I'm never gonna, I'm, I'm never gonna listen to it, I'm never gonna, I, I, you know, I, it's just better that I don't experience this. But I click on it anyways because it's George, and you know, <laughs> frankly, just about everything he posts on Facebook is entertaining, so I figured it was at Damn least right. worth that. <laughs> This freaking song haunted me for, like, weeks. <laughs> I watched the video, like, three times the first time, and then I'd get, I'd get home from work, I'd, like, get you know, get in my comfy clothes, you know, I'd feed the dogs, I'd sit down. i got to watch this song again. I mean, it was just in my head. Freaks like me, and, that one. And, and, and yeah, yeah and, and then, you know, they, they, like, have, like, a sample from, like, the actual musical where it's kind of slowed down and all that. I'm like, no, 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 do it like they did in David Letterman. That kicked ass. I mean, that was, <laughs> I mean, seriously, it was an awesome musical number. I mean, yeah, you know, it 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 it, it does things to certain Spider-Man characters. Oh, like, oh boy, Craven, does it. <laughs> like Craven the Hunter, you know, which, which kind of insinuates, uh, you know, like a, a, a love that dare not speak its name on his part. But then I'm like, you know, okay, what's the best thing Craven the Hunter ever did? Shoot himself. I mean, <laughs> so really, are we going to be really smudge this man's name? But seriously, the the dude who was playing the Green Goblin that was it was like it was like Colonel Sanders and Gene Simmons had a kid, and it was the Green Goblin in this number. <laughs> they explained, by the way, in the book why why he's why they changed uh, Norman like that. He's a southern gentleman, yeah, right? Yeah, they, they explain that. But Bailey's right. That song is like crack. Yeah. It's called A Freak Like Me. J.R., did you see that? Was that in the musical that you saw? Yeah. Okay. I think, so. well, I, I think it was. I mean, I, I, see, that was the thing. I forget a lot of the songs because, unfortunately, most of them were not memorable, and that ultimately, I think, is... You would remember this one. It's when Norman comes out and starts singing, you know, If you're looking I, for a night on, on the town. I, yeah, I believe still, that still was in there. Yeah. Okay. Then you saw the second version of the show. You saw what Glenn Berger refers to as Spider-Man right, right, point up. Second, yeah. Uh, and they talk about that song in the book, and, it, and it, it's funny because in the song, there in the book, Glenn Berger's like, "Oh, I hate this. It's throwaway." And I'm like, "Dude, this is the strongest thing you have." Yeah, I was about to say. I mean, the lyrics of this, you know, "I'm the new Coney Island, and all the rides are open and free." I mean, that's freaking brilliant, dude. It, it the, the guy that did that is called Patrick Page. He's the guy that played the Green Goblin, and he's married to that hot chick from Trading Spaces, Paige. <laughs> I don't know. This guy's already won at life. I mean, he gets to go home and, and uh, uh, with Paige from Trading Spaces. I want this guy's life. It's not fair, Brad. Uh, but yeah, no, that song is like crack. I And if I listen to it once, I can't not listen to it like three, four times. Exactly. You know... You know, I, I did see that, that David Letterman video that you guys are talking about, but then I was I was like, you know what? I like this song. I'm going to go to iTunes and s- sample the rest of them, and the rest of them just don't do it for me. No, no. that is the best song. Yeah. And Bono has nothing to do with that song. Oh, no, he did. They wrote it. Well, he doesn't sing in it. No, but th- they wrote that yeah. like in an afternoon. It's <laughs> yeah, my favorite of all the musical it, songs. It was awesome. But, and I wish they would record re- would have recorded it and released it to DVD. I wanted to see it myself. I never got a chance. I mean, all things being equal, if I could find like just an instrumentation of that song, I would freaking perform it on this show. Yeah. 